I'm Joe Partavila. This is the Forbes Books Podcast, and the subject of leadership comes up a lot here, but most of the time folks are learning it in an office, a corporate environment, maybe a lab, or in the back of a garage. But this week's guest leadership journey took place on the high seas. You might be familiar with Captain Sandy Yon from the Bravo reality shows Below Deck and Below Deck Mediterranean, but she's just published a book detailing her 30-year career in the maritime industry. It's called Be the Calm or Be the Storm. In it, she writes about the lessons she learned on the water and in life. Captain Sandy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, I'm so psyched to have you here because there's so much to talk about. You've got the book, the TV show, all the stuff you're doing. So I want to start with your love of boats. Now, I, full disclosure, I get seasick just like playing a video game that takes place on a boat. So explain your love of boats and being out in the sea. Uh, listen, I'm a fish. I'm a Pisces. I grew up water skiing. There were skis on my feet when I was a kid. Uh, we've always had a little boat, like 18 feet. Never knew there were jobs in the maritime industry or the fact that I could become a captain. Uh, just didn't know about the industry and fell into it, answered an ad in the paper. And next thing you know, oh my gosh, I'm like, this is really cool. I can work outside, work out like washing boats and get paid for it and listen to cool music. And then, you know, I advanced through the career and uh, uh, became a captain. But the journey was incredible and it continues to be the love for boats i just said uh we go to the coolest parties okay so boat people know how to throw parties <laughs> uh, there's that side to it which is really fun and uh that's very philanthropic as well which i love so to make it in this industry if you're a new business owner and you're selling a product you have to give back you got to show up for panels to speak and be in the middle of it. You know what I mean? If you want your company to succeed, because the maritime industry, we would have our own class of psychological pool of people. <laughs> we are just different. And uh, we all fit together. I want to say we're like, not the misfits, but we are the waywards where we all come together. And next thing you know, we're shoulder to shoulder with the billionaires. <laughs> wow. They're driving their boats around. You know, it's pretty cool. I'm very, very happy to be a part of this. Do you ever do like that Gwyneth Paltrow sliding doors thing? Like if you never fell in love with the sea or boating or being a captain, like what could you, is there anything in this world that you think you can see yourself doing outside of being out in the sea? No, not at all. You know, I secretly always wanted to own a hair salon, <laughs> not like do hair, only because I love the vibe, right? There's good music. You walk in, everybody's happy. They're just like totally like jamming and just the environment's cool. So if I completely failed at being a captain, I could always open a hair salon. Well, I know you are the ultimate entrepreneur and I know folks in the in the maritime industry are mostly freelancers. And to me, freelancers are the ultimate entrepreneur because they basically have to do everything that a business runs for themselves to actually maintain employment. Uh, so what did you learn along the way as you, as you worked your way up to captain that you saw? And, you know, I did this in my industry in radio. Like I, I picked and choose. Like if I saw someone do something well, I'm like, oh, I'm going to cool. I'm going to steal that. Or if they did something wrong, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. What were some of the things that you picked up along when you were just, you know, uh, swabbing the decks, as I guess they say, but like uh, when you're working your way up the chain that you learned that made you the leader that you are today? I love this question because we learn from all walks of life. I saw this kid, he was a deckhand. He walked off the boat. We were uh, in Antibes and he goes, hi, my name is Rob and I'm off Motor Yacht Pure Bliss. 
and he shook their hands and he's like, who are you? And I thought, well, that's how easy it is just to walk up to people and extend your hand and say, hey, my name's Sandy. He didn't know these people. He wanted to like mingle on the dock. And I totally admired that and thought, wow, that's really cool. I learned that, that it's okay to extend my hand in a crowd of people that I've never met before. Isn't that interesting? He was a deckhand. I was a captain. That's And um, so little things like that, that character, that character building. I've learned through the years of leading crew and, you know, working on boats. And it's those little things that impact someone's life. And they have no idea how they're impacting someone just by their behavior (laughs) in day-to-day life. And I know you couldn't imagine yourself doing anything but being a sea captain. But could you have seen all of you being a sea captain has led to the fact that you end up on a reality show and write a book and become a speaker was that even part of the equation in terms of the uh, Captain Sandy master plan of life? Not at all. I, I, you know, I fell into it. And, you know, when you keep doing the next right thing in life, I got clean. You know, I was out there in that circle of addiction. And they told me I'd live a life beyond my wildest dreams. And they were so right. Um, when I started doing the next right thing, got rid of all those character shortcomings that didn't work for me, started building my character and uh, being responsible and accountable and having integrity. I am living a life beyond my wildest dreams, just like they promised. One thing led to another, led to another. It's like every time I stepped somewhere in life, the next step was better. I always look at my history. You know, when I get in that funk, I go, wow, if I'm starting to feel financially insecure or something like that, I'll look at my history and I go, wow, it's only gotten better. Yes, I've had some dips and some lulls, but I just want to say that to your listeners. Look at your history because that's what carries you through to the next thing because that's what I do and it works. And I know with any kind of business, networking is the key and that's sort of what led you down this path to the reality show and such. But talk to me about connecting the dots and how you went from working your entire life in, in, in the maritime industry to then becoming a reality TV star. Like what led you to that? Like what was the connective tissue to that? Honestly, just showing up in life, showing up and doing my job. I had not, not a friend, but someone I met who is a comedian who knew the showrunner on Below Deck Med and said, you need a woman captain. And I know someone and she introduced me. That's it? That's how it happened. <laughs> Man, you know what? You couldn't you, you couldn't embellish that story a little bit. That was very direct. How that's amazing. Yeah. So and then obviously it wasn't that easy. Right. right. She introduced me, and then I had to go through casting. I struggled uh, internally because it was my career, and the show is very salacious. Yeah. And people are like, "That's going to ruin your career," because my industry hated the show. And over the years. Uh, finally, I said, yes, why not? It landed in my lap. I believe in stuff like that. If, if the opportunity keeps showing up, you might as well just try it. Mm. What do you got to lose? So I thought to myself, I have everything to gain and nothing to lose. I'm going to try it. So I did. Loved it. Um, the fans started reaching out. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's this is really impacting our industry, which I love so much. And showing people out there there are jobs in the maritime industry. Over the years, we've evolved. The show's evolved. We respect each other. The industry is embracing uh, the show now and seeing that, hey, it's bringing more people into work in our industry and more people are chartering and buying boats. Hmm. I don't know if it's a generational thing, uh, Captain Sandy, but was it because of the old guards like, 
what, what are you doing showing these people our world? Or what, what was it about that initial hesitation uh, for your industry to, to support a show like uh, Below Deck? You know what I think is interesting? It's all the people who didn't really work on boats that judged it. Because <laughs> the reality is, um, like the salespeople, uh, they were worried they wouldn't have clients, but they didn't really have a career on a super yacht in the charter business and had to deal with all these personalities. Yes, the shows, it's jacked up on steroids because mm-hmm. it's casted crew. But let me tell you, I can't. I threw a chef his luggage on the dock. That's how badly I wanted him off the boat as I was pulling off the dock in the boat. And this is the real world of yachting. I've had an engineer who tried to hit me in the engine room because all I said was, hey, we have a boat show that starts tomorrow. You got to get this engine room cleaned up. And he almost punched me out. (laughs) So that exists. So I went and talked to the second engineer and said, do you know how to transfer fuel? And he goes, yeah. And I went down and fired the engineer. But that it exists. These people act like this. I think if you take a, a, just imagine uh, waking up every day with the people you work with, having breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and going to bed and saying, okay, good night. You're with them every day, day after day, working nonstop, like Groundhog Day, no days off, back-to-back charters, and having to walk up and be on. It is draining, and people spiral and emotionally, and it's, uh, it's definitely a challenge, and we all have to figure out how to navigate that. Wow. And you mentioned earlier about the fans I mean, the idea, Captain Sandy, of having fans is must be, again, a foreign thing that you could never even imagine. What is it like connecting with these folks that love your show, follow what you do, follow you on social media? Talk to me about that connection. You know, honestly, it keeps me going. Uh, when I get these messages, I just emailed a guy from Australia. He wants to buy my book. I'm like, mail it to me. I'll, you know, order it on Amazon, send it to my house, I'll sign it, and then you can pay me through my website for the shipping, right? It's really cool. Like I have that. So many people say, I watch your TV show just on leadership tips. You changed my life. You know, I'm sober six years. I just made a video for someone who just celebrated six years recovery through uh, how can I get in the maritime industry? Many, many of those uh, ask from the fans. And I actually put the school I went to on my website so they could just click through. I'm not here to make money on, on the fans to go to maritime school, that's for free. Like that stuff, I keep both hands open, right? So everything I have and everything I've done in my life and that I've earned, I'm giving that out to people because I'll make money through selling my book and being a captain and other ways. But this stuff, this is the stuff that fulfills the soul. And um, I do it on a daily basis. Do I answer every message? No. Is it possible? I don't think so. Uh, I try. Um, I have social media people that help me, but still, it is really hard to keep up with. Is, is it crazy? I, I apologize for phrasing these like these, but like you're an influencer now. Like that's a thing that people do like full time. I mean, obviously, you're a captain and on reality shows and such and an author, but like you're an influencer. What you do influences people. What everybody does in their walk of life influences people. I just had this conversation with a teenager two days ago. Because back in our my time, it was peer pressure. We didn't call it influencers, right? We had peer pressure. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I was talking about this, picking up and using drugs. And I'm like, she goes, I wanted to. And I'm like, I get it. But what when you watch influencers on social media, do you try something? She's like, yeah. I go, so you were influenced by your friends. Do you, you get it? She's like, yeah. Influencing could be positive. 
and it could be negative. But yes, in today's world, I am an influencer and I'm hoping it's always a positive impact. And no matter what you do in life, we are all influencers, just like that deckhand that walked on that dock, shook someone's hand, influenced me to go, wow, that's not so hard. I can do that. I can walk into a crowd and go, hey, my name's Sandy. I'm new here. I'm off Murray up, whatever, Tuscan Sun. That was an influence. And yes, I am an influencer on a whole different level than, you know, I was eight years ago. And uh, in the book uh, that's out now, Be the Calm or Be the Storm, you write about every situation, even a bad one, is another opportunity to learn. And I know there's that old adage, old dogs, new tricks, but how do you live that life of forever learning? Um, is that important to you to be able to like every day take away something that makes you a better person? Of course. I mean, for the people out there who don't do that, that's like thinking that you know everything about everything. We can always learn. I learned that in early recovery. Uh, remain teachable. Stay open-minded. Have that open-mindedness and willingness to change. That is why I am where I am today. It wasn't always an easy road, but I'm every day I wake up, I know it's a new learning. I get to show up in a different way. I always say, if you really want to work on your stuff and change, get into a relationship. <laughs> Because that's when you really have to do the work. And for me, the feeling of that wanting to change and making different choices feels so good. And that's why I walk around with a joyful soul. I don't walk around with the glass half empty. It's half full. And that's because I constantly work on Sandy. Every day isn't always easy. Most days are. Uh, there are the few days that are not. And that's usually when my, I'm challenged with my family. Other than that, <laughs> it's good, man. I really like my life. That's awesome. Uh, and talk to me about the mindset of a captain of a super yacht, because as an outsider, again, someone who fully has not the ability to, to withstand being on a boat, it seems like it could be, for lack of a better word, boring, like nothing going on. If you're in the middle of the sea, there's not much you can do. But how do you keep that preparedness for when things go wrong? Like, how do you not get lulled into... I guess the monotony of the sea. Again, this is all coming from a, a landlubber, as as you may say. Right. Um, how how do you maintain that gear that like you don't ever turn off? Like your brain is constantly working, being on the lookout for something wrong happening. You don't ever have to do that because <laughs> there's always something happening. Boats break, uh, people melt down, uh, fires at sea. There is always something. Rough seas. You the alertness is always there because you're responsible for lives. We do drills, fire drills, man overboard, and we make it fun. But trust me when I say this, when you're back-to-back -back charters and the boat isn't getting properly maintained because it doesn't have the time, you're always, you know, smoke and mirrors. Like, don't look at that. That's broken over here. Let's go over here and play in the water. It's constant. It is not boredom. Let me, we dream for days where we're bored. <laughs> we pray for those days. And when we have those moments where we can get in the water and play, that's what we do. You know, in my book, I, I share these kinds of stories and how we navigate that. But we never have the time to be bored. It would be nice one day to have that happen. <laughs> okay. And uh, sp speaking of, of stories in the book, there's a big one that you've gotten a lot of press about. And that is the, the pirate attack that you experienced, uh, I guess, about 10, 15 years ago. First of all, I didn't know, even know there were still pirates uh, until like that Captain Phillips movie uh, happened a few years ago. But 
are these pirates with eye patches? Are there parrots? Like, who are these pirates? No, you know, honestly, uh, pirates are thieves. They're just at sea. So they're thieves for the rest of our lives at sea. I wasn't attacked by pirates. There was the threat of pirates, but I was chased by pirates and windward passage, but it was a threat. And it's pretty scary, you know, but you can't show your crew you're scared. You can't show them that. You have to continue to go, we got this, you know, the warship's on its way. It's going to rescue us and tow us into Hadida, which is where we didn't want to go. And so how do you know you're being, again, the, the person who knows nothing about being in the sea. How do you know that they're pirates and they're after you? Are they, are they literally just like coming up behind uh, you? Are, so, yes, they are. You watch your radar. So you have these targets on the radar. Of course, you read these reports. For Maritime, we get reports where there's heavy piracy in certain areas where we travel. And you have lookouts and you watch the radar and you can see the targets. They're coming really fast at you. And most tar- when you have targets on the radar, they're not coming for you. They're avoiding you, right? So you can be running in parallel, uh, you know, a mile away from each other, but these boats are headed right for you. So, you know, we're, we're trained, we learn, and uh, you zigzag your course, you charge your fire hoses, you call the Coast Guard. Wow. Oh, geez. Something else to worry about because, you know, other than the fact that you're in the middle of nowhere, which is frightening in itself, does that scare you? Because when I see these stories of like boats in the middle of nowhere, does like not seeing land, I, I guess you're impervious to that fear, huh? Um, I think when you're in charge, you're not really thinking about yourself. You're thinking about everybody else, right? So you have a mission and your mission is to make sure everybody's safe. Um, if you're in that kind of situation and fear, there's no place for fear. You're just in action. It's the only time that I can focus 1000% without having any other thoughts run through my head. In terms of leadership, and I, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is because the subtitle of the book is Leadership Lessons from a Woman at the Helm. From what I understand, uh, female sea captains are very rare uh, or just it's it's a male-dominated industry. Did that ever slow you down? Did that ever stop your dreams of being like, man, there's no one that looks like me doing what I want to do? H- how did you get over that fear or did you ever have to experience like that so-called imposter syndrome? Uh, no, I never really did because I got clean and... I, you know, I started from the bottom and worked my way up. And when you do that, you have the experience and you know what you're doing. And when people give you the opportunity, they want you to succeed. I actually never really had any pushback, to be honest. I think the maritime industry is one of those industries that embraces women. Uh, yachting. Let me just, I don't know about shipping. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yachts. <laughs> um you know, I get the looks because I'm a woman, uh, but, you know, my, I just worked harder to make sure my boat handling skills were good and navigational skills were good. And leadership is something that I just learned along the way of how I didn't want to treat others. I've always been calm. And my approach is always, how can I affect change? How can I work with this person to get what I need out of them in a kind way? Not like, this is your job. This is what you signed up for. If you don't do it, you're fired. I'm not that person. It's like, hey, how can I help you? And I ask them, do you really want to be here? Do you really want to work in this industry? Because it's not for faint-hearted people. This industry takes hard work. It looks a lot of fun when you watch Below Deck. But it is hard work, trust me. And you make a lot of sacrifices. You're not home. So as a whole, there's a lot more women in the industry than there used to be. And I think that's in part of this TV show and how Bravo has reached millions. 
And I would love to see another captain on this uh, franchise. And um, woman. Yeah, another woman would be wonderful. And so are you seeing that, the sort of the trail that you've been blazing where all of a sudden you're seeing people like, hey, I'm a captain because of Captain Sandy Yawn. Do you hear a lot of that nowadays? Yes, I am going to become a captain because of you. You've inspired me to become a captain. Look at Malia. She's one, you know. Um, yeah, so yes, I get a lot of that. That must be really cool. It feels really good. And so that makes me always want to be better. Each season I learn something. I learn maybe, you know, a different approach. Uh, right now I'm on Captain Lee's show and, um, you know, it's so wild when I watch it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. And when Fraser came in and, I, you know, there's a level of respect that one should have for their superiors and not, I don't know. I think when people are on TV, they think it's different. But for me, I'm, I'm a captain. I'll ask the questions when I want to ask the questions and don't overstep, right? So that's a lack of respect for the authority. Do you give uh, any of your shipmates a little more leniency when you're doing the show because of this heightened sense of reality where in with cameras weren't rolling, no one in God's name would say <laughs> would talk back to Captain Sandy, but since it's a reality show, they're more inclined to do so. Do you give them a little more grace oh. knowing that where they're coming from in terms of, like, oh, we're trying to put on a show here? Of course I do. Uh, I don't hire them. You want it to be a successful show. Like you're a part of the team. We're a team. We're one team. We're one crew, of course. But there, are, I have the utmost respect for the, the producers and they have the respect for me. When I say something, they go give us the time uh, so we can uh, get another crew member. It, you know, they have to do their due diligence, background checks and all of that uh, before I can replace someone. So yeah, it is a mutual respect and i do extend the patience and the i extend that for the crew on below deck whereas in my career i hired them they never pushed back the one engineer that tried to hit me yeah. he had just had a fight with his girlfriend i didn't know that <laughs> and he lost his mind that's rare that that's rare and I'm curious, I, when I talk to folks who are involved in, in a lot of uh, you know, nonfiction television reality shows, they forget that the cameras are there. Have you gotten to that point, you know, doing several seasons of Below Deck and Below Deck Med, uh, that you don't even know that they're there? Or, they, or is it impossible to not know that they're there? Oh, you forget. I mean, just take a look at me. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Why did I? <laughs> you forget. Because it's the fourth wall, you know, you respect that. And um, then you go, wow, I got to hold my stomach in. I got to do some more sit-ups. You know, like, why didn't I, why did I come out of my cabin looking like that? Of course. It's, for me, it's always the look of how I'm looking on TV. Yeah. Not my behavior, because my behavior is consistent. I am the same. And someone said that to me. They go, Sandy, I've known you for, for, you know, 35 years, and you're the same person on TV as you are in in person, which is kind of cool. It feels really good. That's awesome. And your legacy, I mean, you've built such an amazing career. I mean, 30 years in the industry, which is, uh, I mean, obviously being, being a woman is, is hard enough, but to be survive 30 years in a male dominated industry, what do you hope the, the legacy of Captain Sandy to be? I mean, you've still got a few more years left. I'm not putting you out to pasture, but what do you hope people to, to remember Captain Sandy by? I started a charity and I want to raise money to get a high school program uh, maritime high school program in schools across the country. I want them to know that I helped bring the maritime industry 
awareness into public schools. So these kids in middle America and these parents that can't afford to send their kids to college see that there's an alternative and not, you know, these maritime academies because you need to be, you know, a high school graduate. I got kicked out of the 11th grade. The maritime industry embraced me, taught me a skill, and uh, I have an incredible career. And that's what I hope my legacy is. Captain Sandy, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. She's Captain Sandy, and her book, Be the Calm or Be the Storm, is in stores now, and that'll do it for this episode of the Forbes Books Podcast. If you enjoy the show, make sure you take a second to subscribe so you automatically get new shows when they drop. Also, if you have a minute, I would love if you left us a review so more amazing entrepreneurs like yourself can discover the show. And please, don't forget the golden rule and treat others as you want to be treated. Thanks for listening. Until next time, adios.